You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. That's right. Shopify is the sound of selling everywhere. Online, in-store, on social media, and beyond. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. With Shopify POS, you can accept credit cards, mobile payments, and every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing, starting on day one. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mlbpodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mlbpodcast to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash mlbpodcast. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left for the live. She is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Rounding third, scoring Tyner from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Hello, everybody. Welcome and a happy 4th of July from the Bomber Brothers here. Sean and Ryan Chichester back talking about another Yankees series win as we're here for every series. And make sure you uh, are subscribed, rate and review to hear series recap series previews twice a week brought to you by wfan and odyssey but sean like like i said like we've been saying pretty much this whole season we're here talking about another series win this time taking care of business against the guardians couldn't get the bats going today as we record here on sunday but they were certainly going in the uh in the first game of that doubleheader on saturday and it's it's hard to sweep a doubleheader no matter who you're playing. And the Yankees were able to do that and bought themselves the luxury of coming into Sunday knowing they had a series win. So they were able to rest Judge, rest LeMayhew, and and still brought the go-ahead run to the plate in the ninth inning. But all all good vibes still for the Yankees coming out of another series victory. Yeah, I mean, really, um, I thought we saw a lot of good stuff this series. We saw um, really good pitching performances. I, all the Yankees gave up were solo home runs from their starters, right? Like Nestor gave up the first one uh, in that second game. I'm going out of order. I don't know why Cole gave up two in the first game. And then in the last game, Montgomery gave up a solo shot and that was it. So the starting pitching was really good, which was a a good sign. I think uh, the biggest takeaway for me was the Nestor start. I'm really excited that he had a really good, good performance. Um, but then also you get the offense cooking in the first game of the double header that allows them to kind of have their bullpen set for the second game, which the Yankees, uh, play a really, really tight game. They get the back to back jacks, uh, from, from Rizzo and Stanton in that second game. And then they have that four run seventh inning and, uh, you have the sweep. And then today 
Look, I, I actually thought it was really great that they rested LeMahieu and Judge, who have played a ton lately, uh, haven't gotten a lot of time off with the off day tomorrow on Independence Day, of all things. And now they're going to go into this stretch of uh, of games against Pittsburgh and Boston, where you, now you're looking at these guys playing every day in that series. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I like the way that they're set up going into this stretch of six games coming up here and coming out of it with a 2-1 series uh, against uh, against a contender. I mean, the Indians are not a great team, but they're right on the cusp of wild, the wild card there. So go on the road, take two out of three. I like it. Yeah, and like you like we talked about on the last podcast, you know, Boone has gotten his share of criticisms not this season. He doesn't deserve many, but through throughout his tenure he's gotten his criticisms, but resting and managing his his everyday players should have never been one of them. He's always been great at doing that. And I agree. I think I think this was a good day to to sit Judge and LeMahieu get them two days off in a row because they both did just start two games of a of a doubleheader the day before. So I know there was a postponement the night before that, but get them, get them a couple days off, get them rested. Cause this is going to be a big series against the Red Sox in Fenway. So make sure, make sure they're well rested for that one. So I, yeah, I, I had no problem with it. They still judge wound up getting his, his at bat anyway, yeah, pinch hit today on, on Sunday, worked a walk, which brought the go ahead run to the plate and Hicks couldn't get the job done. So the Yankees get shut out. They had a, a tough time at the plate on Sunday, but again, was, was not the case on Saturday. And you, you mentioned it. I think the Nestor start was one of the most encouraging parts of, of this weekend. For me, we were talking when we previewed this series, how the guardians are not a home run hitting team. They're 28th in the league in home runs heading into this weekend. Cortez had given up six home runs in his last four starts after only giving up four in his previous 10. So it was a kind of a concerning trend. And then sure enough, second at bat of the game, he gives up a home run to Ahmed Rosario, who only had two home runs on the season coming into that at bat. And you're, for me, I was kind of like, oh man, like this, here we go again. But he, he settled in nicely, turned in a really good start. That was his, that was his only blemish. So that was super encouraging to see from Cortez. Also no walks and six strikeouts and six innings of work. That was that was exactly what you want to see from him. So that's a huge, huge encouragement for me. And then Monty pitched really well today on Sunday. So I think I think the rotation was a, a huge, huge bright uh, – well, not that there was a bright spot because the whole thing was good. It was a series win and the bats did their thing. But I think that was a huge, huge encouraging sign for the, for the rotation to do what they did this weekend. And I think that's important, especially going into, a, into well, you know, all these guys are going to pitch in the series against the Red Sox. Obviously, Fenway is, you know, a lot of runs get scored there. But now these guys have a little bit of confidence going into that series, which I think is is really important. And, uh, you know, it, it starts with the first game where Cole gives up the, the two home runs and, you know, in the start of the game there in the, in the second inning. And then the Yankees come right back and put up a four spot and, and then they were rolling the rest of the day. And. You know, I, I think, um, you know, with the way that Carpenter, uh, what a game and like what, a you know, like what a just great story that he's been. Yeah. First, first Yankee in franchise history to hit seven home runs in his first 10 hits with the team. So quite, quite an entrance from him. And then he goes and hits number eight and in, in for hit number 11 later in the game. Uh, I think that was against a position player. That was when him and Trevino went deep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, well, I, it was nice to see Trevino get off the, the schneid a little bit. But look, I mean, he 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 still even he had another hit mixed in there. Four RBI day. 
but I, I'm sorry. Give this guy at bats. Like, look at he he has a start. He hits two home runs. Like, I know he's not doing the best job pinch hitting right now, but you know, mate, why why play Gallo over him at this point? Like, hey, Gallo had a hit. This is broken. all hit. He had all <laughs> hit. Broke, That's broke right. His, uh, I think it was like a 28 or 29 hitless at bats. But but yeah, he had that. He had that double. I'm obviously being sarcastic. I would love to see Carpenter get more time. And he went deep against a, a lefty. His first home run. That was yeah, a, a no doubter. I mean, he's yeah, no, totally agree. He he deserves more at bats. He the the hit you were talking about in between the home runs. That was kind of like hit deep into the teeth of a shift and actually it was a bad I it could have it could have been an error but it was it was a close play it was like a really hard angle for that uh, I can't remember who fielded it but it was deep into the shift it was a nice hit uh I'm I'm gonna sound like an old cranky man here but you know what Gallo doesn't get that to happen because he's not even giving the defense an opportunity to make an error there <laughs> yeah and Gallo also made a I th- what I thought was a pretty poor play in right field on that it was a pop fly in game one of, of Saturday's game. He took a terrible angle at it and it wound up dropping in for, for a base hit. Obviously the offense did, did plenty, yeah. but yeah, he's just, he's struggling badly. They, they need to make a decision there. It was, it was Heyman who reported on Saturday morning or Friday night that the Yankees are in the market looking for outfield upgrades and that many teams see Gallo as almost untradeable at this point, but that there could be a couple teams who just think he needs to get out of New York and he could find some spark. And if there's a team out there that thinks that great, let's, let's try to get, get something for him at this point. And yeah, I mean, whether it's, whether they go after Ben and or Ian Happ, whoever it's going to be, that it, it would be nice to get, get an outfield upgrade this summer. I absolutely agree. And until then, don't just, I mean, I, I don't know if they're trying to build Gallo's value up, but not doing anything now. Put Carpenter out there or or Florial call him up or Andrew Har had had a you know had a hit, um, scored two runs. Like, you know, there's options that are better than what you, what you're currently using. And uh, you know, it's kind of frustrating to keep watching him get run out there, but um, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. But you know, Hicks had had two hits too in that opening game, which was was nice to see him kind of. Yeah, one from that, each side but, of the plate. Yep. Yeah. And I, then you know, obviously, uh, him up with the bases loaded at the end <laughs> of the third game, you did were kind of not feeling too great about that. But hey, uh, Class A is a you know world class closer, and and that's what happens. But I mean, other than that, I don't know. Not a whole lot stood out to me this series. It was more about the starting pitching, seeing the offense come alive for two games. I think was really big after. You know they they had kind of scuffled against the the Astros and they really didn't put up against the the A's the way you thought they would. Um, so I, I don't know I I don't I didn't really have a whole bunch of takeaways uh, from this series. It stinks to lose Marnaccio because he had been thrown really well, yeah, uh, lately. And uh, Chapman's return was uh, not too exciting, I'll say. <laughs> No, I mean, that That was, uh, to, if I was taking away a good and a bad, I was just about to segue into that. Um, but the good, I would say Nestor, like we talked about, and the bad, I would say, is, is Chapman. I mean, I know it's one bad start, but... You come in in a you come in in a blowout, which is a, the exact kind of situation Boone wanted to ease Chapman back in. So this is an optimal spot. It comes right away. He had just been activated the day before, and you walk three straight batters. He, at, at, and that came with him already having a base on balls per nine innings of over six this season. Like that that is absurd. 
it was it was already near six last year. So this is just the continuation of a trend that the Yankees can't af- can't afford to have. I mean, we before he came back and Holmes was doing what he's been doing, everyone was clamoring. You know, Holmes needs to be the closer, and that's absolutely true. But I think it should be even taken a step further. I don't want to see Chapman in the seventh or eighth. Like <laughs> he just gives me way too much anxiety. He has no control of the zone and I don't want to overreact because it was his first appearance since May 22nd but that's also a lot that's also looked a lot like the appearances he had before May 22nd so I don't think it's necessarily an overreaction I think it's kind of like a here we go again nothing much seems to have changed here Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. How how excited will you be to watch the team next year with no Gallo and no no Chapman? Most likely, that that, that to me yeah. is just major upgrade. I wish we could get rid of. Uh, I know he had a couple of hits this series, but I wish we get rid of Donaldson too while we're while we're going through that. But oh, did yeah. he have a couple of hits or he just had the one? No, he had a, he had a couple of hits. He had I think he had a double on Saturday, and then he had a hit. He had a hit today because he he had the one hit. That's right. Yeah, and then he he, you know. I'm I'm a terrible baseball player, and I do this too. When you get out in a big spot, you throw a temper tantrum, just like he did, cursing and everything. <laughs> like, bro, you've gotten two hits in the last like three weeks. Relax, like you know. Yeah, uh, was, we're not huge fans of of him on this pod. I think we've established, but I, yeah, but I think get, getting Gallo and, and Chapman off the roster for, for a one year thing is going to be great for the team that's dominating baseball right now. It's the the. It's it's you know it's our biggest problem is is you know the the number nine hitter and the cl- and the reliever we haven't seen in weeks so yeah hey we need we our... need to find some stuff to nitpick when you have a thirteen and a half game lead in, in the in the division and you're on pace for one hundred and eighteen wins whatever it is something absurd but but yeah I, I think that's I think those are both very justified nitpicks Gallo has been terrible since the trade. Did very little this series to inspire any hope. I mean, I think it's clearly been even bleeding into his defense a little bit where he typically was very strong, at least in, in Texas. But and then he plays in right field. And every time he does, he's like, yeah, this is this is home to me. This is where I'm used to playing. And I, don't know, I didn't didn't seem too comfortable out there and clearly doesn't seem comfortable at the plate. And then you, you mentioned Andujar. One for five looks a little deceiving because he roped a few line drives in that game too. I mean, I think one was counted for an error that was ripped right off. I mean, it was hit so hard. It went off the, went off the glove and into the outfield. And then he had a line out. So he had a a bunch of hard hits and I don't know. I I just, I feel for the guy. He gets called up to be the 27th man in the doubleheader hits three hard hit balls, 
right back, has to field a couple questions about his trade request and then goes right back, right, right back to Scranton. Completely justified in the trade request. And I think he makes so much sense because he can play left field. Then you can put Judge back in right or Stanton, who's ever there, and play Hicks in center. And Judge isn't getting as much wear and tear. You have a guy in left field who's serviceable. I think I think Andohar's looked better in left than Gallo. I'm not going to say I'm not saying he's a better outfielder overall, but I think in left field at least he looks more comfortable than 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 Gallo. And you got it. You got to stick out there. I, look, having Andohar and Carpenter's bats in the lineup to me is much more exciting than than what they're throwing out now in in, in Gallo. But uh, I, I don't know if there's a way that they can make that work. I also feel like there's a tendency among baseball people just not to want to cut bait for a guy they acquire, like, or that they have too much time invested in. If Gallo, if Gallo was his second year in the league, he'd be in the minors now. And the Yankees should just honestly just DFA him at this point. Like what, what, what are, what is going to happen? Like there there's, we've been doing this for a year now. It's not, if, if you're not going to sit him down and try to tweak his swing, what are you doing? Yeah, it's not I, like a small sample. I think I think we'd be headed for a trade, is what I would say. I I mean, you could say the Yankees have been holding on to him. Trade him for, too for long, what? George Costanza? I mean, maybe. I mean, look, they. I mean, they acquired Sonny Gray and then wound up trading him for not not all that much. So hmm. that's. I mean, they they've shown or Cashman has shown that he's willing to part with a seemingly big time acquisition that just didn't pan out in New York. So I, I can see them trading Gallo and yeah, probably not get much back in return unless they trade him to the pirates, then they'll probably get some no name prospect and he'll turn into an all-star. So hopefully That's, he goes yeah. to Pittsburgh, <laughs> leave him there this after this weekend and yeah, just bring him rele- <laughs> leave him and uh, Chapman. You can't trade, right? Cause he's a 10, five guy, I think, but uh yeah, him we might have to watch. Hopefully not in the playoffs. Too bad that would be a heart attack. I would say leave Chapman and Gallo in Pittsburgh and pick up just find a reliever, take them, and then that's that's it. You got your next big reliever. But uh, in all seriousness, I, I did take a lot of positives. I think today was a you want the this team doesn't have a problem sweeping teams. We've had we've had so many podcast episodes where I have to look for the broom emoji. It's like getting lame. Like they've had so many sweeps since we started this podcast up. Uh, it's not a problem, but hey, they're up 2-0 after a doubleheader. You got to rest some guys. I'm not frustrated with how the series ends with a 2-0 loss. Would have been nice to get the win short, but um, you know, I, I actually, I, I want to just say right up front, I want to give the belt to Nestor because I thought it was huge for him after the way he had been pitching to put that up. So I would say I would I would give him the belt from this series. And that's what I, like you said, that's what I'm taking away is uh, Nestor looked like he got his mojo back a little bit. And it was even more impressive after giving up the home run in the first inning because you're like, he's probably thinking, here I go again. But no, he's got that Nestor confidence. He's got the stash. He's good to go. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he could have made the argument for Carpenter too just because of how mm-hmm. cool uh, cool Saturday was. But no, given what given the... You know, it's it's silly to it's silly sounding to say it in early July when they have a 13 game lead, but it did seem like a really important start for Nestor just to kind of break that trend of getting burnt by the deep ball after such a dominant start to his season, and and he showed you that he can still mow down a lineup and you know have that pinpoint control, and his ERA is still in in the low twos. So yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a solid pick to go to go for the belt in, in Nestor. And another another uh, positive, encouraging thing I saw was Glaber Torres going three for four yesterday. Get him get him going. I know he had been battling. The, he had like the 
what was it? A wrist, a little wrist issue. And, and then he turned his ankle in that game. Yeah. When he got on the pickoff. So, so yeah, that was, that was another good sign. Nice to see Trevino go deep. Like, yeah, I know it was against a, a position player, but whatever, maybe just seeing the ball, leave the park, get, get him going again a little bit. Cause he has been struggling in the last 12 games. It was like a OPS below 500 or so, something really bad, but but yeah, all all good all good signs in in Yankee Land, and maybe maybe some kind of uh, we can get some kind of mind control situation in Pittsburgh and have them trade Brian Reynolds for Joey Gallo. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging in fact wasabi is up to 80 percent less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from wasabi's ai enabled intelligent media storage wasabi air to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals data deletion and ransomware wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'd be into that. Yeah, I, I don't know. You're gonna need a gonna need a lot of mind control to do that. Well, the Yankees can afford it. All right. Well, speaking of Pittsburgh, and again, if you uh, are enjoying this, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. But I don't know how much there is to say about two games in Pittsburgh. I mean, the Pirates are once again they're bad. Uh, Brian Reynolds seems like a potential trade chip. I don't know. Or uh, Mark Reynolds. I don't know why I keep saying Brian. Um, seems like a potential trade chip. Am I? I don't know why I'm mixing up my Reynolds right now. But anyway, you, he, he you gets were a good, lot you were good the first time. Yeah. Now I'm thinking of the home run, <laughs> the home run Reynolds. But no, he gets a lot of hits. He wasn't getting a lot of hits earlier in the season, but now he is. And potentially improving his trade stock. But the Pirates might not want to get rid of him because he's got uh, – plenty of team control left yeah i mean uh i remember in 2013 the yankees had mark reynolds by the way yeah like some random home runs and yeah they have been vernon wells lyle overbay it was it was the team of randoms Uh, somehow almost made the playoffs i i remember in 2013 lyle overbay pinch hit for uh I can't remember the guy's name. He hit the walk-off home run with the, uh, I was going to say the 49ers. Wow, we are off our game today with the Giants, San Francisco Giants, uh, to send him to the World Series. The Yankees had picked this guy up for like one game. He stunk, and they pinched it with Lyle Overbay and the stadium standing ovation. That's how <laughs> that's how dark things were, that we were giving 2013 Lyle Overbay a standing ovation because we were so happy to see him. Anyway, 
Um, I, I almost forgot the question, but, um, there was no question. It was just me <laughs> long-windedly saying that the pirates are bad. They're probably yeah. going to be selling at the deadline. And the only thing I could possibly think of to talk about this series is that Tyone is going against his Tyone, former yep. team on Tuesday. And you want to see him have a good start too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he had, he's had his struggles. I mean, he had that big, big blemish in his last start. He wound up settling down. So that was, that was nice to see, but yeah, no, I want to see him take advantage of a poor offense, a poor team overall. I mean, they're 15 games below 500, and that's in a NL Central division that outside of the – I mean, you know, the Brewers have a good pitching staff, and the Cardinals are are solid, but you know, there's also the Reds and Cubs in that division. So yeah, 15 I, games under 500 in that division, you're a bad team. Yeah, I think you 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 – looked for this to be kind of like what the last start was for Nestor, where he gave up one run in six innings. You want to get Tyone getting his confidence back. Then he's got the next start at Fenway. Hopefully he feels better about himself by then. Cause that obviously if you're pitching and struggling could be a disaster, but look for, I, w- I would look for Tyone to get his, his uh, you know, ho- hopefully they get him through five innings and then their bullpen's going to be locked and loaded to go to, to get the first game. And then it's, it's every time in, in, you know, on Wednesday. So uh, Yankees, I don't think they screw around too much here. Uh, you know, with, with the day off tomorrow or Monday, whenever you're listening to this, the day off is the 4th of July independence day. Um, and they, they had rested some guys already on Sunday. So hopefully they're ready, locked and loaded for this stretch, um, here to really just, I mean, the Red Sox are in second place and they're 13 and a half back. So you want to take care of these two games and then bury them over the weekend. Is, is that's the strategy you don't want to you don't want to leave 14 and a half up like like the Red Sox were 14 and a half up in 78 <laughs> but they still blew it we want to be even up even more than that but take care of business against a crappy team that's the Yankees did that against the A's last week that was huge because then you don't worry so much about losing one game to the Astros and then they lose they win the next two against the Indians anyway so take care of business the Yankees have been great at that and uh and and away we go so I don't know. I don't have any Independence Day themed questions for you. I was thinking of trying to think of like a thematic question, but I couldn't come up with anything. I'm just, I'm not the creative type. Well, I think we already covered it. We want to see the Yankees declare their freedom from Joey Gallo and maybe trade him. All right. That's all I can think of. Yeah. That, and, 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 and Matt Carpenter provided the fireworks this, this weekend. Yeah, there you, there you go. I went to one game on the 4th of July once. Tanyan Sturtz started for the Yankees. <laughs> Tanyan Sturtz. Was that one of five? So that was a few of his probably 300 innings that Joe Torre had him pitch that yeah, season. I, th- yeah, I think he started throwing with his other arm after the second inning. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think I, – and I th- it wasn't like an opener situation. He was still out there, I think, in the fourth inning or something, something ridiculous like that. But the Yankees wound up having a comeback win. Tanya Sturtz, a guest on my uh, college sports radio talk show way back when to talk about playoff hockey. Well, that's that, just crossing over all different <laughs> lanes there. That that's awesome. Well, yeah, he's a hockey guy. He's a he's a big uh, he's a Bruins fan. But yeah, and then we somehow started talking about baseball when he was on. And then I like we were talking about because it was in 2016, I guess. And we were talking about Chase Headley, who was on a tear for the Yankees. And I brought up Chase Headley's war and he just started run. He just started. I remember this. He started yelling about how uh, stat, uh, stat geeks are ruining, ruining baseball. So it was, it was interesting. It, is it funny to you? You listen to a, a broadcast and, and 
I'm not saying that Paul O'Neill is anti-stat, but he seems to be anti-stats sometimes. And he'll be like, you know, sometimes you just hit a line drive, you feel really good, and it's right at someone. You come, well, I'm like, dude, that is your expected batting average. Yeah, this exactly. is why we're looking at launch <laughs> angle, and because you know, you don't want to not get paid because you hit into crappy luck. You want to get paid because you hit the ball really freaking hard, slightly at an elevation. You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's right. Look no further than his work colleague. We talked to David Cohn about that when his uh, book with Jack Curry came out. We were talking about asking him when he, you know, got into deeper, like more advanced stats. Cause he's embraced it like more, more than any other former player turned broadcaster that I can even think of. And he mentioned that it started way back in his arbitration days when he was um, in negotiations and felt like he had a better year than he did. And his agents started bringing up some other stats to show that he had run into some, some bad luck the year before. And so, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like if you, if you're Paul O'Neill and you're like, I just feel like I keep lining into bad luck. Well, wouldn't it be nice to be able to show a team your expected batting average and say, Hey, next year, this could very well turn around and you could see a lot more production simply just because, you know, Baseball, baseball gods are going to favor me a little. And it's going to all balance out. Uh, there you go. And hey, Miguel Andahar probably felt that way after game one of the doubleheader to, to bring it back. So, uh, listen, who do you, who do you have for the belt? And uh, which which of the Bomber brothers do you think has the best Fourth of July wiffle ball performance too? So two belts to get to, to predict. Mm, I'm going to go with me. And <laughs> <laughs> love the confidence, but you're probably not wrong. <laughs> I'll, I'll go i'll go with me i've been uh feel like i've been been swinging swinging pretty well even though it's been mainly with the with the golf golf club lately but i'll uh i don't know it's a quick two game series i'm gonna say tyone i'll say he has a, a good start against his former team and and, and he gets the belt what, what about you uh, it's about it's about time for IKF to get hot or do something because I'm getting a little bit annoyed with him. So I'm gonna tell you, IKF <laughs> is gonna start start hitting here. It's gonna go on a little bit of one of those runs. All right, and, and who's uh, gonna stand out on the wiffle ball field? Well, I mean, I got some inside knowledge that you've been battling some shoulder soreness. So I don't know if <laughs> uh, the, that doesn't if, affect my swing. That's just throwing. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing though. Like you know, you're gonna you might get rocked a little bit here. That's and uh, I'm not going to take myself. I'm going to, I'm going to say Kyle comes up with uh, our youngest brother, the one who doesn't podcast. I'm going to say he probably has the, a sneaky performance. He likes those one-handed jump swings. Um, I don't know how he quite does it, but I'm going to yeah. pick Kyle to have a big, big 4th of July. It's, it's almost his 30th birthday. It'll be his last game as a 29 year old. So, uh, you know, he's, I'm looking for him to put up some numbers. <laughs> Yeah, we won't have a we won't have a Yankee game to be checking in on tomorrow on the Fourth of July. We'll just be focused on the wiffle ball field, and everybody else get used to Mondays without Yankee games. Tomorrow's the first of four in a row where there'll be no no Yankees on Monday. But uh, yeah, everybody enjoy the day off, enjoy the holiday, and we will be back to talk about a big series at Fenway when uh, when we come back. And it's right at the halfway point. It'll be 82 games into the season. So exactly at the halfway point, our next conversation and getting ready for to start right where we started the first time. Big series with the Red Sox. So let's go Yanks, everybody.